This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. This is Kelly and Ramia on AMI. Speaking of AMI, lots going on at the network, especially for your entertainment. AMI's new streaming service, AMI Plus, has officially launched. It's been about a month, and the new platform features a slick, modern look um, and puts a emphasis on AMI originals and content at the forefront. It's fully compatible with assistive technology as well, including screen readers and nav- magnifications on Apple, Android, on your Microsoft or um, am I saying Microsoft or Windows and Mac platforms also. So you can check it out. Just visit amiplus.ca and you can find out more there and check out all the content. I'm Ramia Amadin. We're here with Grant Hardy today, and we may have said goodbye altogether with, for, to Kelly McDonald on a Monday, but that's all right. The show must go on. And right now, we're checking in with filmmaker, writer, director, and actress. Emily Schooley. She's here to talk about her short film. It's called Psyche, and it was featured in the most recent episode of Disrupt on AMI+. Plus. Uh-huh, another thing you can check out on AMI+. Plus. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Well, we're looking forward to talking to you about your work and about this film, Psyche. Uh, but can you start off by telling us how you got into filmmaking? Maybe that's a good place for us to get to know you a little. Sure. Uh, So I actually started as a theater actor. I trained at the University of Waterloo in the theater department. And shortly after I graduated, I ended up falling backwards into working in film. First, obviously, as an actor. And then shortly after, I started helping with directing, writing and producing an independent series that I was on. And from there, it just it led me to, you know, knowing that I have capability and that I have passion for a lot of the work behind the camera. Now, when you say walk, uh, going backwards into, were you avoiding film or was that just not one of your interests when you were doing all the theater? Well, once upon a time when I was a lot younger than I am now, I thought that if I wasn't famous by 25 as an actor, my life would be over. So I was very <laughs> singularly focused on being a performer at one time. Okay. And then for better or worse, I discovered that I'm also both very talented and very capable at directing, at screenwriting, at managing at least the creative elements of production. So I kind of joke now that I'm a perpetually overwhelmed octopus because I tend to carry <laughs> two, three, four of these roles at a time on productions now. Because you want to. We're wearing <laughs> a lot of different hats. So let's talk about Psyche. And maybe if we can start, if you can just give us uh, a synopsis, brief synopsis of Psyche. Absolutely. So Psyche is a film without any dialogue whatsoever. And it's about both the inner and outer life of the characters I play on screen. And essentially, I created this film really as a statement about toxic positivity and that expectation of, you know, we always have to present a happy face to the world or never discuss when things are wrong or when we're having mental health struggles, you know, despite the fact that Studies have shown, evidence has shown that we as a society do much better when we can hold depth for each other in a lot of these uncomfortable and uncertain times. 
Mm-hmm. I, I know I've, I, on some of the social justice, like communities that I've hung out uh, on, people really talk about how toxic positivity is really used to shut down the perspectives of minorities and, and underprivileged people, women, people with disabilities, people of color, etc. And I think that's so true. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. And, you know, I will share as well that when I made that particular film, I was not in the best place. Um, at that time, I was actually in the middle of a years long situation where I was being stalked and harassed by an ex-partner and mm. his group of friends. So that's actually something that I dealt with for almost a decade. And it's just at the time, you know, I was struggling. People were expecting me to be over it or not talk about it when, you know, the trauma that I was facing and faced for a number of years really did impact me deeply. Yeah, and this impact that you're talking about, Emily, it, it's interesting to hear about it being showcased on a, a film or your personal experience being channeled towards this kind of topic. Because I think of, you know, the mental health and awareness of, um, for not just personal, right? Like not just your friends and family and close ones, you know, who do you trust around you in your circle, but also the way that we uh, view strangers or just, you know, social media posts, as you mentioned, toxic positivity. This is just like a general scope or general perspectives that are thrown at us every single day. Like this is how you should be as a human being. And those things sometimes... Um, are so far apart from each other, like our personal, our interactions on a day-to-day -day versus what the world wants from us. And I think that that's uh, going to be a, a deeper discussion as people check out your film. Thank you. And absolutely, I would agree where, you know, something I've been told in my own life and I've seen other people tell others as well, you know, of the, oh, chin up, it's not so bad. And honestly, sometimes there's a lot of power in just having somebody else say, wow, man, that really sucks. I'm sorry. Mm. And, or just being in a position where, you know, if you see another friend struggling rather than rushing out to try to solve everything for them, maybe even just holding space to really hear them out and make space for your discomfort and holding their discomfort of that. If you kind of get what I'm yes. saying there. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And, and a lot of sort of the, like if you be positive you know positive things will happen if even if you're a little underprivileged if, if if you're too negative you know you can't really expect a lot of good things to happen like there's sort of this like victim blaming mentality mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. well yeah interesting stuff yeah. emily Thank you tell us about this award it's uh, the indie or best indie horror award and your film received it psyche what's the award and is this significant for you Thank you. Yeah. So this was actually the first festival award that any of my films had won. And this was back in, I want to say 2016, I believe. Mm -hmm. So it was really, it was really impactful because as an audience choice award, it means that the audience who attended that festival out of all the indie shorts that were screened, they, you know, people resonated with mine the most, they enjoyed mine the most. So for me to be recognized essentially by my peers and by an audience mm -hmm. to say, hey, your work really moved me, you know, to me, that is really special. So especially because it was the first ever, ever festival award that I won, I'm really, really glad to have something, you know, especially in a film that compared to the rest of my projects anyway, was a, it was a lot tinier of a film, I'll say. Okay. In terms of it was a short shoot, you know, I edited it along with performing and directing. And yeah, just it 
it goes to show the power of story as well that something so small it's two and a half minutes would really just resonate with people can we chat a little bit about your time Uh, i know you've touched on this a bit but your time what was it like working uh on disrupt uh, so this is my first season screening something on Disrupt, and I'm honestly honored. I'm very honored to be chosen to be on the show. I'd been reached out to by the producers of the series back over the summer, and you know they'd asked me if I had any work kind of within the mandate and within the constraints of what they're able to show on the show. So I'd actually sent them a couple of my short films, Psyche, as well as another one, and of what I sent them, they really liked Psyche, and yeah, from there. The film was licensed, and then, as you know, it appeared on the episode that broadcast most recently last week. It's really lovely to to have you on, and not just to talk about Psyche, but also about your uh, next project, or maybe your most recent, uh, however you're seeing it, The Sweetest Goodbye. It's hitting the screens in 2024. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what this is going to be? Absolutely. So this is our most recent short film under the Laughing Cat Productions banner, And this is another project where, you know, I am that perpetually overwhelmed octopus where I wrote the script. I was in front of the camera as the lead character, Clara, as well as co-directing with my cinematographer, Christine, and producing with my producing partner, Alicia Ramdeo. Now, um, this film is something that I'd say in a way kind of builds on my own body of work as as a filmmaker. And I play a woman who is about to undergo maid. Now, I'm sure, as a lot of people who watch AMI know, with the expansions of Bill C-11 here in Canada, MAID is now being opened up to people for mental health reasons and for other reasons of what we call human suffering, but may not have a terminal illness in sight. Now, for me personally, you know, I'm somebody who believes that, much like we do for our pets, anybody who wants to choose a safe death should have that choice absolutely but at the same time just because you know people with disabilities people living in poverty so many of us here in Canada and beyond we're starting to fall through the cracks Mm -hmm. where we're underfunded we don't have adequate support for food for medication you know maybe even to get to healthcare appointments there's so many psychosocial factors that with the expansion of Bill C-11 it just it makes death the easiest option when it should not be the first choice. So a lot of my work kind of lives at this intersection of social impact meets really strong but non-traditional narrative storytelling. So in some ways, The Sweetest Goodbye is very much a continuation of kind of those themes in my work. But I'm also hoping to share it with worldwide film festivals just to, you know, get the message and the awareness out of what's going on here in Canada because a lot of people who aren't connected to the disability community just don't know that this is going on. Right. And I can imagine just the breadth of this conversation or this perspective uh, and how you're going to tell it must be a challenge in and of itself, just to, to feel out where it is you're coming from to tell this story. So do you search within or do you go out for the inspiration of how to tell the story? So... Most of my work is what I kind of call, it's an alchemy of my own experiences, both good and bad, plus fictionalized elements, ideas that come to me, and plus, honestly, just a little bit of magic and creativity and I'll say specialness as well. Um, the, it, like, the original impetus of this film actually came about 
two or three years ago. And at the time, I was actually reading up on Nora Ephron's death. Uh, Nora Ephron obviously being a very famous filmmaker. A lot of people know her work. Um, I was inspired by it as a younger filmmaker as well. And just kind of reading about, you know, how she didn't tell anybody about her death, that sort of triggered something in me. And before I knew it, this very non-traditional story came pouring out. Um, now, The Sweetest Goodbye, it's probably not the traditional story you'd expect to see here. It's actually a conversation between two women. So one is the character that I play and the other is her best friend. And her best friend has just found out about my character's choice to undergo maid. So most of the film is actually uh, the other character whose name is Sky, confronting my character about her decision, trying to talk her out of it. So the way that I approach this film, um, honestly, what I want audiences to walk away from it with is just the idea that this is a tragedy, that Clara, my character's death, could have been prevented. And, you know, I hope I do it. I hope I've executed this in a way that's effective, but it's really all about just kind of letting the audience into Clara's world right. and, you know, seeing the ways in which she's vulnerable, seeing the ways in which society has failed her. Yeah, that that's really the, the tragedy for me is, is not that we have made, but that we're using it in this country, country or could theoretically use it as an easy way out. So really looking forward to checking that out. Yes. Emily, thank you. It's been so pleasant spending this time with you. And I, I love all the insight you've given us um, on your projects and your work. And I appreciate that uh, you're sharing all this stuff with us. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay. Well, good luck and all the best. We'll chat with you hopefully down the line. We were speaking with filmmaker, writer, director, and actress Emily Schooley talking about her short film, Psyche, to start off the conversation, which is uh, featured on Disrupt on AMI-tv. You can stream it on AMI-plus as well and look forward to 2024 when The Sweetest Goodbye, her latest work, is coming out. In the next hour of Kelly and Ramia, we have Know Your Rights with Danielle McLaughlin. She's chatting with Professor Laverne Jacobs. The conversation is around human rights uh, and disability law. Also... We're talking to community reporter Mathieu Rochette about described performances taking place at the Mason Theatre in Montréal. And after the break, we have two upcoming holiday shows at the Grand Theatre in London, Ontario. We'll learn more about that with community reporter Annette Dennis. Dennis, we'll be back. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.